Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. chapter, and I'll begin reading there with verse 24, Matthew chapter 13 and verse 24, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. And went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into the barn. But gather the wheat into the barn. And I simply want to use as a subject this afternoon, it's not all bad. It's not all bad. I really like this story that that Jesus We know we call it a parable, but this story that Jesus introduces here, those of you that are readers, you will notice that this particular story has all the literary elements of a great story. This story begins by building anticipation. Every good author knows that if you want the reader to stay engaged in the story, then you have to build a sense of anticipation. And we find that right here at the beginning of this story. Then the story introduces an element of tension, and yet it concludes with a great finale where good wins. And so this has all of the elements of a great story. This story describes a farmer that has worked so very diligently to bring forth a harvest. He started in the spring. He uh, was watching uh, the climate, and he picked a certain day that he would till the ground and prepare the ground, make ready the ground so that he could later come and sow the seed. And no doubt it was on a specific day that he chose to do this. Maybe he was watching an almanac 
or maybe he just knew from past experience this is the best time of the year and days of the year to plant. And so he plants his seed, seed that is good seed, the Bible says, into a fertile soil. And throughout the ensuing weeks, he takes care to do uh, what is necessary. He doesn't just leave it to itself, uh, but he irrigates and he protects it against pestilence. He cultivates and carefully watches for the first signs of growth to come. And soon enough, green sprigs began to appear out in what had been just a barren field a few weeks before. And there is an excitement that fills the air in anticipation of what is to come. All of the work, the labor, the investment, all the blisters and sore muscles and sweat that has went into planting and cultivating, it's all going to be made worthwhile. It's getting ready to pay off because if you study this story carefully, you'll find that in the initial growth stages at the beginning, you'll notice that, that uh, this, this particular plant, both wheat and tare, they are not able to be distinguished. In fact, as he looked out on the field, it appeared to him that all of this was wheat at first. He could not discern a difference between the tare and the wheat, and that is identified in this story. And so as it begins to grow up, it's not until a certain point that he notices anything different about it. And his excitement continues to build as the plants continue to grow. But suddenly one morning the servant wakes up and he looks out across the field and sees something suspicious. Some of the plants appear to be tares. And upon closer examination, his fears are confirmed. And there are tares that are intermingled with the wheat. He races to the master's house and he says to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in this field? From whence then hath it tares? And the master, the householder, says to the servant, after he looks on the field and he too sees the tares that are intermingled with the wheat, he makes this remark. He said, an enemy hath done this. This story shares some startling realizations about life and some principles about life that we can follow. First of all, no one, if there's anything that comes through this story and that this story teaches us, it teaches us that no one is inoculated from trouble. A person can perform perfectly but still have problems to deal with. A person can do everything just right and follow everything to the letter and do everything just as it needs to be done and still have tests and trials and difficulties and challenges in life. Matter of fact, just because we're saved, just because we're born again, just because 
We've been baptized in the name of the Lord and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It does not mean because we're saved that we will never struggle in life or we'll never encounter stress or tension or problems in life. Matter of fact, in Matthew, the fifth chapter, the 45th verse, Jesus said that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. We hear that scripture quoted often that it rains upon the just and the unjust. There's some that think because I live for God then I shouldn't have any troubles at all. I shouldn't have any problems whatsoever. But that is simply not the case. The difference is is that when troubles come to the saint of God's life we have someone with us in those troubles. We have someone that takes care of us and strengthens us and is there to lean on and to trust in during those troubles. But secondly, we must not forget, and this story reminds us of this, we must not forget that good is always mixed in the bad. If we believe that God is in control, if we really trust Him that He knows what is best for us, and if we trust in the fact that all powers of God and the powers that be that they are ordained of God, So nothing happens in the realm of God's kingdom by coincidence. Nothing just is accidental, but God is in control of it all. This man could have thrown up his hands and in exasperation he could have said to his servant, just go out with your plow and till it all under. Destroy it all and we'll just wait and plan again next year. But all of this is lost. And there's not anything good that can come out of this. But he, being a wise man, knew that there was some good things that were going to come in time. He understood that there was some good things that could be derived out of this difficult situation. Yes, there are tares, but there is wheat also. Right now we have a choice. We can focus on the tares. We can focus on the bad. We can focus on the negative. We can focus, as it pertains to you and I, we can focus on the troubles. We can focus on a global pandemic. We can think only about economic decline and the losses that we have suffered and the problems that we've encountered in our homes, our families, and on our jobs. Or we can look for the good that will come out of all of this. Prayer lives that are being revived. Relationships with God that are being restored. People drawing closer to God than they have been in recent months and maybe even years. Souls being stirred. People being drawn by conviction to give their lives to the Lord. Recognizing that there's something going on here. That maybe there is something to what the Bible says about the end times. Are you looking for wheat? Are you just looking for tares? We must remember that harvest time is coming. That's that's the third principle that comes out of this story. 
and that we need to be reminded of that in the process of time and at the proper moment, wheat is going to be separated from the tear. And God has a process in all of this. And if we'll allow Him, He will sort it all out. We get in trouble when we try to do our own gardening. When we try to get involved and, and uh, try to separate things and try uh, to put our hands on it and deal with it, sometimes it's better for us to say, God, I just relinquish it to you and I trust you that you're in control and that you're going to bring the good out of this in good time. I know that it's all going to be all right. Maybe you look around and you ask, did I sow in vain? Did I invest my life in living for God in vain? Did I dedicate my life to living for the Lord in vain? Have I worked for God and given so much to the things of God in vain? Did I serve the Lord in vain? You will always get what's coming to you is what you need to remember. And if you've invested in the kingdom of God, I can't think of a better place for a person to have invested. I realize that there's a lot of people right now that are concerned about their investments and stocks and, and uh, on Wall Street and all of the uncertainty that surrounds that. And it seemed like just a few weeks ago while things were climbing, then they took a plunge. But can I tell you where the kingdom of God is concerned, we're always going to come out winners. Where the kingdom of God is concerned, we're always going to come out victorious. The church is going to triumph. We've got to focus on the right thing. The only danger for you and I during this hour is for us to become focused on the wrong things. If we become knee-jerk, if we become impatient in the process, then we'll miss the value and the blessing that God has in store for us. This reminds me of a story in the Old Testament where the Bible says that Pharaoh had a dream. And the dream was so disturbing to him because at first he saw seven fat-fleshed cows. And then as the dream progressed, he saw seven lean-fleshed cows that ate them, consumed them. And then he saw seven ears, full ears of corn. And then he saw seven ears of corn that had been bare because of a east wind that had blasted upon them. And he didn't know, he didn't understand, he knew that there was some type of significance with this dream, that it was not just a mere nightmare. But he knew that there was spiritual significance. And finally, through a process of events, Joseph, who was imprisoned in the land, was brought to him to interpret the dream. There was former prisoners of the dungeon where Joseph was that testified of how that at one point in his life the butler had had a dream interpreted by Joseph. And so Joseph comes and stands before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh asked him what the meaning of it was. And he said, Pharaoh, 
He said these seven fat-fleshed cows represent seven years of plenty. And the seven lean, they represent seven years of famine. You're focused on the bad. You're focused on the seven lean cows eating up the others. You're focused on the bad eating up the good. But can I tell you that if we'll properly manage things in the good times, God will take care of us. And people will come from around the world. They will come from everywhere to partake of the good that God has provided for us. And he said, I'm going to put you over it. You're going to be the governor of all the land. And just like Joseph said, because they managed things in the good times and they did what was right in the good times, in other words, when the bad times came, they were all right. And matter of fact, there were many that came from all over to partake of what they had because they had plenty. Can I encourage some saint of God right now that if you've been faithful and you've been living for God, you've been serving the Lord, you've been praying, you've been, you've been giving your life to God all of these years, don't let worry come in right now. Don't let fear grip your heart right now. Just understand that if you've done right in the good times, that if you've done right when when it would have been easier to, to stray or it would have been tempting to go a different direction because uh, there was perhaps at that time no desperate need of God. But you stayed faithful. You stayed consistent. You continue to walk with Him. I'm going to tell you, when the famine comes, when the bad times come, God is going to take care of you. And let me give you one more one more kernel of hope that comes from this story. And that is, that is, in these bad times, the world is going to recognize that God is keeping His church. That God has had a plan for His church all the while. And people that were not interested before, people that didn't want necessarily to come this direction in times past they're going to feel compelled to come because they're going to hear that there's corn that they're going to hear that there's storehouses they're going to learn of the blessings of God that are here and walking with the Lord so I want to encourage you there's not 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 everything is negative not everything is bad about these times we need to keep our faith strong and realize that God is going to use it all to bring about something wonderful and good. As our musicians come, I just felt like inspiring somebody. I just felt like encouraging somebody's faith this evening. I felt like speaking to somebody's heart this afternoon and telling you that your labor, your investment, the things that you've planted in the kingdom of God it's not all bad. It's not all bad. Just because we've had a season here in the last few weeks, it appears that things is crumbling and the world is shaking. Can I tell you that God sees your investment? Don't throw up your hands in exasperation and don't, don't allow your reaction to be the reaction of some in this world of thinking that it's hopeless. 
but realize that I've lived for God for moments just like this. And right now, it may not seem all that good, but there's good growing up in amongst the bad. And if I'll allow God, He's going to separate the wheat from the tare in due time. And the good is always going to win. God bless you. And I want you to understand that we're praying for you. I would like to encourage you, if you have a need, like to uh, give a prayer request for us to pray with you about, don't hesitate to call the church, 903-794-6201. If you need, if you need somebody to offer you spiritual guidance, we're here and available to you. We're praying for you. We know that God is with us and God is going to take care of his people. God bless you in Jesus' name.